the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hello and welcome back to the Film Show! And have a very Merry Christmas, listener. How are you? Are you having a good break? After that intro, I feel so energized. I love it. I love it. That was real. We had the headphones on there and the way you were just talking into that, it made me immediate. And the way you kind of sounded uh-huh. made me think of Fraser Crane. Oh, why? Like, Hello, listeners. Channeling the ultimate jockey. Right? Yeah. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to be a little bit ill this festive yes. season. I'm a bit self-conscious about the voice, but... Uh, you sound great, you, though. You, that's great encouragement. I, I think you sound great. You sounded like Fraser Crane. That's a What's a classic Fraser Crane intro? Damn it, Niles! <laughs> <laughs> just reduce him down to his most basic. That's just it. Damn it, Niles! Oh, it, I'm in Seattle. <laughs> no, no, we go. Hello, Seattle. I'm listening. That's it. Hello, Seattle. Scrambled eggs. Did you watch Fraser? Yeah, I loved it. It was always on before school. Correct. Channel 4. That's right. Legends. Yeah. I should have been little... going to school not watching TV. It I was, was allowed to watch at... TV in the morning. It was. I used to watch it late at night. It used to be on mm. like RT2 at like, like 10 o'clock at Again, night. Again, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Loved it. Re- probably the best show. I would have been in bed by 10. Oh. You damn dweeb D. <laughs> and are you looking forward to your uh, Santa arriving, huh? Well, I'm heading off to uh, Jordan. Oh, yeah. So I won't be anywhere near Santi or any of that jazz. Um, Santa goes all over the world, Brian. This He'll is find true. you. He'll hunt you down and find you. This is true, though. But I will say this. Um, it's very odd to be in another country at Christmas. That is this a tradition? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of is a little bit, I would say. But like uh, two years ago, I was in Hong Kong. What? And um, for, for again, for Christmas. And we went to China for a couple of days. We went to Beijing, right? And they have no cultural uh, 25th at all, yeah. It means absolutely nothing to them. Yeah. But yeah. they're trying to make it a thing, right? They're just trying to make it a thing there because mm. they think it's what, you know, what they're supposed to do. And it's the There's most... money in it. <laughs> yeah, no, really, really, yeah. that's it. And, like, it's the most fucking bizarre thing because they literally have, like, jingle bells. They only have, like, because they can only have the secular songs. So everywhere oh. you go... Oh, there are plenty of those, sure. I know, there are. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But yeah. you're just hearing, like, jingle bells and you're like, where's where's Silent Night? Or where's, like... <laughs> where is my Christ in all yeah, this? Yeah, where is my Christmas? <laughs> and it's just, it's very odd to see only the commercial aspects yeah. of, of Christmas being celebrated. I suppose every country has weird things they pick true. up on in yeah. the Christmas tradition. Totally. Like you go to like Netherlands and they like have Christmas on like the 28th or something. Oh, okay, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Christmas is weird. Yeah. It is. Christmas is it's weird. Great setup for the Christmas special, special yeah. of the Philo Show. Oh, 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 oh. Well, we have tons of reviews to get through in this bumper episode. We have Little Women. I have no idea what you guys made of it. I can't wait. We have Jojo Rabbit, uh, including a Taika Waititi interview. Mm. Very exciting times as well. Uh, oh, did you see, uh, do you remember he was in The Mandalorian? Sorry, I'm going to stop after this, but yes. I'm obsessed. Dee's looking at me. Uh, we already covered Star Wars last week. Richard Ayoade is in the last episode. That's right. another droid. Zero. Yeah. And he was great, isn't it, I thought. He was really good. He was really good. I really like. And Bill Burr. Not a big fan of the episode in general, though. 
Really? And now we're finished talking about Star Wars. That's fair enough, yeah. And we've also got Playing With Fire with John Cena. And we have a John Cena interview who, again... Seems like a lovely man. He, I'll, I'll tell you, I tell you, God. And Mike interviewed him before, didn't he? For um, or did he interview him? Someone interviewed him for I Bumblebee. Inter- I interviewed him for Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed him. Lovely for Bumblebee. man. Oh, maybe I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, he yeah. is. And I, sw- I say this honestly. John Cena is one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. Right, <laughs> and not only that, but this is a little, uh, little anecdote. Don't lose your hat there, D. I know we're on type for time. I don't mind. It's not Star Wars, so is I'll it allow about Star it. Wars? It's not. It's about I'd John love Cena. To see him in Star Wars. Um, bef- I would too, actually. I think he'd be really good at it. He should have taken that Bill Burr role. He should have. In the latest episode of The Mandalorian. I could totally see him in an episode of The Mandalorian. Sorry, go on. Anyways, so uh, the only time, this is really weird, right? Um, I was waiting outside to, to talk to John Cena. I was sitting there just on my phone, just kind of went there. And uh, I was the first one in, and he like walked right up to me and he shook me and he was like, so I guess we're going to be talking a bit later on, huh? Oh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I was, yeah, it'll be good. I think we'll have a good talk. We've got a, we've got a good bit of time together. No. And I, was, and I, was like, I was like, yeah, we've got like eight minutes. He was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I was like... He's letting you know that he's aware of the duration of yeah, the chat. And he made, and, he, like, and I, was like, I was like, that's so nice. And then, but this was the other part of it was... His this pe- was for you going over it this time. Yeah. Or, okay, this time, yeah, this yeah. Time, yeah. And then the lady came out, his PA or whoever came out and says, okay, do you want to get a photo? And I was like... Oh, that's usually never allowed. That's exactly oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's and never. I was about to be like, I'm sorry, what? And he said, oh, would you like to... John wants to know if you want to get a photo. You and John Cena. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have my phone on me. I, and I was like, I would have... I, I, oh no, my and God. I, I was like, I said... I'd love to, but I said, I'm so used to not bringing my phone with yeah, me. And I know yeah. that's a big no-no. Of course. That we just never asked them. Said, How, who have you asked? Have you guys posed I've, for phone? I, Insisted. I, yeah, I, I, one time I did it with Seth Rogen and Thing, and I got in a lot of trouble for it afterwards. Actually, we've been, I've been meaning to come back to this. A couple of episodes in a row now, we've been meaning to defend your integrity as a movie reviewer. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's meant to be incorporated through the episode. I once got a selfie with Anne Hathaway, and that's, that's the true. only one I've oh, ever asked yeah. for. And I didn't get in trouble for that one, which was nice. And she was really nice. She let me take like two or three because my hand was shaking so much. It was completely out of focus. Oh. Oh, so I'm that's... so glad she let me take like two, three in a row because she seemed a bit like surprised. She was like, oh, by like the third one. And I was glad I still took it because I was like, yes, in focus. <laughs> oh, the images are blurry from the quivering you're doing from being around me. I was me. nervous. Yes. But to be fair though, like, I mean, you and Anna Hathaway have that connection. Like, I that's think why it was really special. That's why I was we are that. not getting into this connection again. <laughs> this is your Mandalorian is. No, it's not. No, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not even close. Not, like, to be fair, it is pretty bit. cool, though. It is, it pretty is cool. very cool. Is anyway. Very... But the bottom line is we have a chock-a-block Christmas festive episode. Ho, 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 to the bloody ho. And all that kind of crack. <laughs> well, first, we're going to... We're gonna really settle in and talk Christmas now. Uh, you said you said that so <laughs> threateningly. First off, I we're said talk we're about... going to settle in and talk Christmas. <laughs> Do you hear me? You will have fun. <laughs> it's my what childhood a... all over again. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking favorite Christmas movies, yes. which uh, is a hot topic considering this is going out on the twenty third of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've decided after. Uh, there's been some brilliant work done on entertainment.ie forward slash Christmas, mm-hmm. where they've built a hub of all the Christmas movies that are happening this Christmas. Mm-hmm. How many times can I say Christmas? Uh, 
That's entertainment.ie forward slash Christmas. Amazing. And there is... Get that ad right in there. So we've got every channel, every Christmas... Yeah. Mo- not every every Christmas movie, every movie. I saw every the movie. first one is X-Men. Monday, December 17th, 16th. It's, it's in the past, but yeah. X-Men it's is just, on. X-Men is like the first one up. Yeah, it's basically... Um, We've pulled together every single uh, movie that is on the TV over Christmas. They're all in there. You've got entertainment.ie for it's last Christmas. They're all there. The one that I have picked. Oh. Hang on. Can I just can I just add something, guys, yes. really quick? So just Christmas. so you're not getting confused. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas. Um, we actually have two Christmas. So entertainment.ie slash Christmas. That's actually all our Christmas content. So yes. you can get all your Christmas movie recommendations for just general stuff, Christmas news, etc. But if you want your cr- Christmas um, movies on TV, it's actually entertainment.ie slash TV slash Christmas. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. Although, D, I got to it from going to entertainment.e forward slash Christmas and oh, clicking wait, the a- browse movies button. <laughs> it's yes, actually, me too. Me too. Actually, there are over 30 enter- films a day. I actually got it wrong as well. But I get to say Christmas again. Entertainment.ie slash TV slash Christmas dash movies. Dash. There's a hyphen in there. Look, you know a what? hyphen in there, like you know a what? damn crazy person. You know hyphen what, guys? Just go way. to entertainment.e and it's literally like the first two hubs there. Christmas and then Christmas movies. And Christmas movies is for movies that are on the telly and Christmas is like general Christmas movie recommendations. Yeah. So and there. news content. And news content. So and that's top entertainment.e forward slash Christmas. <laughs> we have, first up, all right, RTE 1, 255, 25th of December, Home Alone 2. I watched this two nights ago and I forgot. It's brilliant. So good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We did talk about this though. Brenda Fricker. Yeah, you said she ruined it for you. A little bit. I had no idea it was Brenda Fricker. I never joined the dots. It's not her fault though. It's the character they give her is so twee. She's a pigeon lady, Brian. She's a pigeon lady. Kevin, run! And she throws the thing. Yeah. Hey, hey, she she has an ammo pouch full of breadcrumbs. So I mean, yeah, 100%. it's established early on. Very much. So. What I didn't notice the first time was how much they—it's a mirror image of the first one. Correct. They've got like you know, he's she's the shovel man. You've got all the other things from the first film. I'm, I'm very tired. The, the, the <laughs> same, well. the same two bad guys. Yeah, and even it's it's the dad's brother's house. They yeah. managed to get an abandoned house. Like those guys would have been killed. Like fifty times. Oh, over. easily. They're, like they're throwing bricks at their heads. Yeah. Like Kevin throws a brick from about forty feet in the air at Marv's head four times. Like that's going to kill a man. That is going to. <laughs> you're going to have serious contusions. You are going to have brain damage. Harry's going, head catches fire. Like literally. So he puts his head in the toilet. However, Kevin has replaced the toilet water with kerosene. I mean, come on. You, what are Someone you inform his family. Like the actual like first and second degree burns. I mean, even with stand your ground laws in America, <laughs> like that kid is going to jail. There would be done. no remnants. There would be like that kid is going straight to jail. See, like this is why I didn't like the Home Alone movies that much when I was young because I don't get enjoyment about the whole people getting beaten up thing, even if they are baddies. It was just so relentless in those two movies. Yeah, there's a lot of pain. Did you ever hear the theory that, and this is in the first one, and I kind of, I like, I know fan theories are always kind of ridiculous, but this one I've always kind of enjoyed a little bit. 
there's a theory that Kevin's father is actually some sort of crime lord. Oh my God. He's yeah. got the big coat. Because, yeah, the coat that he was wearing, that Burberry coat he was wearing was like, is worth like 12 grand. Oh He's paying God. for every single person's flights and accommodations <laughs> to Paris. Um, no one really knows what he does. We don't, it's never even mentioned how he makes all this money. It's a lovely house. It's a beautiful house. And not only that as well. The first time he meets Joe Pesci and he's dressed up as a cop, the first thing he says to him is, am I under arrest? Oh, there's a crime empire. Yeah, okay. and like Kevin's dad. I really him. like that. And I was like, I like, I mean, and, and yeah, even in the second one as well, it's like, yeah. he's still got all this silly money and like no one really knows what he does. <laughs> now I get like, there's a whole thing of like, well, you don't need to hand feed everything to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> he's also You just... know what? I bet if you ask Kevin, he wouldn't know what his dad does. But that's fair. There you go. The dad's not a great guy in it like he kind of just spends the time mansplaining uh, to like, Catherine O'Hara yeah like yeah. about what abduction is <laughs> so it's like, while she frets but the, my favourite thing about Home Alone you can you know what I'm going to say it's cool. Tim Curry oh, yo, oh yeah of course in the sequel yeah, yeah. this has hands down my favourite Christmas moment of all time which is she shows up the mom shows up at the hotel Kevin's gone missing because he thought he was uh, done for credit card fraud. And she's like, you let my son get away? I'm going out there after him. And he's like, but ma'am, this town is full of parasites up to the teeth. And she just slaps him. And he goes, do bring a coat. It's awfully cold now. And the tears <laughs> in his eyes. He's so upset <laughs> without him being slapped. I loved him, Curry. It's oh, my he's favorite. great. Yeah, he's, he's, so a, he's a treasure. There's a bit where he's running from gunfire and they're like, get down, everyone. And he's going along the hall and he's like crawling on, on his arms, but he's not using his legs. So he's just waddling, waddling along, along this hotel yeah. floor and he's he's a treasure. I loved him, Gary. I think he is so funny. I think he is one of those actors that <laughs> every time you see him in a film, you know he is just having a fucking ball. We talked about this match cut to the Grinch as well. Yeah. Recently. The one where he's like, he's just the, like the eyebrows go up and then it cuts to the... The How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He has such a Grinchy face. He does, but he's fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is like the MVP of Home Alone 2. Yeah. Him and Rob mm. Schneider, I think. Um, I've gone for a second Christmas movie Go ahead. Mm-hmm. this Christmas, yeah. which I'm going to sneak in because I watched it last night for the first time. Ever? Uh, yep. Yeah. And it's on at 7 p.m., also RT1, 25th of December. It's Paddington 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I loved it. So good. Oh, my God. Maybe everybody else is already familiar. Oh, my God. What a good Christmas movie. It has everything. Every cast member has, a like, a good bit. Mm-hmm. And then in pops Brendan Gleeson as Knuckles McGinty in the prison. And it's just charming. Mm-hmm. And the whole third act is, like, it's got everything comes together. There isn't a single line or joke that doesn't come back. And Hugh Grant is the villain as this thespian actor taking the piss out of himself. He's only got dog food commercials. Uh, ben Wishaw himself. I loved it. He said, Hugh Grant actually said that he said his th- he thinks his best work in years has been Paddington <laughs> too. And you're kind of like, yeah. It's kind yeah, of true. That's kind yeah, of, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's fair. Really that's a good is. cop. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Is and that Kilmainham that- Jail, by the way? I'm pretty sure it is. There I could is, be wrong. I'm certain it's Kilmainham Jail because they're using the big, you know, it's got the classic 
It was used in the Italian job and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Noel Coward, yeah. It's the most prison-y looking prison. That ever did prison. Yeah. Wouldn't know. Maybe they built it. Maybe they built like a replica of Kilmainham Jail. I, thought, I think I think if they were filming that in Kilmainham Jail, we would have heard about it though. Pink, oh, pink prison outfits. There's a huge musical number at the end. Yeah. With Hugh Grant. Oh my God. Check it out. It's December 25th. Christmas Day. RT1. 7pm. Eat your dinner early. And then watch Paddington 2. I like the way that we've kind of picked out um, our movies because mine actually we could almost like schedule out your day because my movie picks I've picked are at 5.30 and 9 so you could almost watch the first one then Paddington 2 and then Deadpool Oh brilliant Then the second one I gave it away Gave it away Oh no Okay yeah so my two (laughs) movie choices um, I went for non-Christmassy ones I picked Shrek T.G. Carr, 5.30. Class. This is also Christmas Day. And Deadpool on film four at 9 p.m. And the reason why I went for that is because I always find this is just the way our Christmas Day kind of pans out. We always do the gold mile in the morning. And then we're kind of just sitting around doing nothing. Have you not heard of the gold mile? No. Brian's giving me a weird look. Okay. Do you know the charity goal, which like raises money for third world countries? So every year they host like at a variety of locations, like they did at the UCD running track for um, years and they have it at like different parks and stuff like that you run a mile and you give like a bit of money to uh charity oh very good it's a christmas sprint yeah yeah exactly and the whole idea is like it's a mile so you don't have to run it you can walk it like people go with like their dogs and babies and stuff but it's like a kind of nice thing in that like you get your exercise out of the way in the morning and you can kind of scoff all day like some people do like the 40 foot in the morning and stuff like that i know that um, there so is a is Scary's Christmas swim. There you go. Is there? Christmas yeah, morning yeah. as well. Yeah, that yeah. is crazy. Everybody jumps in. I can. I can. I've never done it. I really want to do it. I well, I can't swim, but like well, I, I throw you in. Yeah, like John Wayne. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I can't picture jumping. Like the running, fine, no problem. I can. I'll sprint a mile, no problem. But jumping in the sea, it's even worse than that. It's a mossy. You know, boat pier slant downwards, which is the scary bit. Yeah, no, you're Grant. You can hold yeah. on to that one. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't do that. Um, but we'd have dinner kind of around seven. So usually we're looking oh, wow, at stuff to watch. Yeah, I'd so usually we're looking yeah. around, we're looking for stuff to watch kind of in the afternoon and then like <laughs> late evening. But yeah, we usually have dinner a bit later. Do you know who eats their Christmas dinner at one and two? Mm. Mutants, absolute mutants. There, I said it, dear listener. Yeah, I will. I will cop to that. I normally, have the Christmas dinner around three p.m. Would you have? Would this be a regular Sunday thing? This, uh, as mean? in, would you often have a daytime dinner? No, I, I mean, well, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, my parents would. Oh, no, it's all yeah. coming out. Well, See, no, because like, it, <laughs> it does kind of follow suit. Because our dinner, our Sunday dinner, would be about seven. So yeah, that kind so of there makes you sense. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I never have an afternoon dinner, and I can understand. Maybe it's more energy and calorie efficient, but I will be dead in the cold, dark ground before, before you have I recognize an afternoon meal as dinner. I I understand I that. Yeah, yeah, I do understand that because it. it I, I I mean, like, I think 
This is going to sound really <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know. It's turned into such an attack, which is it has a little exactly bit, how I want it. I, okay, well, here's what I'll say. I, I think it's very country. It's very country to have the Christmas dinner quite early in the Fair. day. Yeah, maybe that is. I think because I mean, and the, the the simple reason is is that what happens uh, whenever I go home for Christmas is you have the Christmas dinner at about three o'clock. Then everyone just falls asleep. Everyone goes for like a little <laughs> nap during the day, like at about like six or seven. Then you wake up, and then you have presumably like, there's a contingent of people listening to this on their semi-comatose possibly, possibly. I mean Monday the 20 see Monday the, tw- the 23rd and, and the 24th that's when you spend the entire day scrubbing the house down yeah yeah and just making it as as present presentational you do that do you Brian me or is it your mum who does I <laughs> rinse the curtain first of all yeah rinse the yeah, just dumping everything into a big basin and just scrubbing the shit out of it uh, fuck you actually I absolutely I and this is gonna this is revealing a bit of my personal life you don't have to I don't need to know no, bridge not, too far no no no, 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 no. Uh, one of the most relaxing things that I I do <laughs> At home is cleaning. I love fucking cleaning. Oh, that's. Sweet. I really, I really enjoy cleaning. Like I. Me too. A, yeah, I, love I really that. appreciate it. Like. Oh no! Wait, my partner's so listening to this. She's gonna contest put this to the test. Yeah. So you'll be doing that in Jordan, will you? No, not in Jordan at all. So that's why I get away from the cleaning. But um. <laughs> Uh, it's a holiday from cleaning. It is. It is a holiday from cleaning. But no, uh, my movie pick is Ooh. actually on the 23rd. It is at quarter past three in the afternoon on RTE2. Not a Christmas movie, but I absolutely love this film. Um, it is one of my all-time favorite films. Ooh. It is The Princess Bride. Ah, oh, class. And I think of this and I think of The Muppet, the Muppet uh, Christmas Carol. As being one of those Patrick Stewart. Oh, I love no, no, Christmas. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, it's Michael Caine. Michael sorry, Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael yeah. Caine. Yeah. He's also and a sir, isn't he? Yeah, sir he's a sir. Yeah. yeah, sir Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is uh, Christmas. Or sorry, Princess Bride. Even though it's not Christmassy, I feel like it is a Christmassy film. Mm, that for makes sure. sense. Yeah, Inconceivable. Yeah. yeah. What did I tell you? Well, I mean, it's probably as Christmassy as Back to the Future. Exactly. You know, in that you get families watching it. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly yeah. that, yeah. It's yeah, because there isn't a single... No, not at all. I'd festive scene, yeah. No, and like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, again, yeah, a film that is one, yeah. absolutely not Christmassy. Really? Yet people think Just, of it there as There must Christmas. be a bit of snow in it. No, no. The Wizard of Oz. Grim. No. Wizard of Oz would be another yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Gone with the Wind, even Once Upon a Time, yeah. It's um, a great thread yeah yeah definitely like Christmassy movies that aren't necessarily Christmassy just because they're stone cold classics exactly and Princess Bride is absolutely in that mix I got to Um, see it in the lighthouse earlier in the year yes that was your first time seeing it yeah it was an absolute privilege I did I give you the book Inigo Montoya Uh, no I have the book I did I give it to you though no, I have in my own copy. Oh, you have it in your own. You have your own copy. You have your own copy. Well, what William Gold? William Goldman, uh, one of the greatest screenwriters who ever lived. And a great author as well. But yeah, no, Princess Bride, it's funny, it's witty, it is very well acted, it is so sincere, but also quite cynical at the same time. Uh, the performances by everybody involved is fantastic. Andre the Giant. I mean, yeah. What a guy. Um, physical. Yeah, physical. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Um, <laughs> I love it. I love The Princess Bride. I can always watch it and can never... Can you give me your Grandpa Columbo impression? Oh, absolutely. I can totally do a Columbo impression. And is I there would... kissing in this? 
There's going to be a little bit of kissing in it. You know what I mean? I can't believe you didn't watch Once Upon a Deadpool because you would have gotten such a kick. I know, with Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You should try to find, you you should try to watch it legitimately this Christmas. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Good save, D. Good save. (laughs) Good save, Try and find it. Try and find a legitimate copy of it. Search on entertainment.ie forward slash Christmas. Yeah. Uh, D, your second might be Deadpool related. I believe you leaked. Oh, yeah. No, just uh, just Deadpool at film on, on film four at nine. Um, I don't know if what my day? little sister will be allowed to watch it. Yeah, this is on the 25th on Christmas Day. Oh, um, and I'll just give a shout out to my own three favorite Christmas movies, um, which I have on DVD, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be watching them anyway. That's um, your plan. <laughs> uh, that's why I buy DVDs just to watch them at Christmas. Um, Elf, Edward Scissorhands, and Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, you were talking yeah. about Edward Scissorhands as festive. I see that yeah, as well. I love it. Um, I watched Elf last night. So good. I didn't want to. I vo- I was voted down. I was like, oh, I've seen it too many times. You can't see Elf too many times. You can't. You just can't. It really turns out yeah. you can't. Like, yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. I forgot how long he spends at the North Pole before. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's loads of comedy in there. And it's quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. loads like of stuff. Like in the shower and everything. Yeah. And the, he's he's part of the basketball team. He can't make enough etch-a-sketches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. And he's a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah, you're not a cotton-headed ninny <laughs> <laughs> You're just I special. And then I mean, he overhears them because he's leaning on the rafters. <laughs> like... like if he hasn't figured out he's human by now. I mean, Ed Asner as well as Santa. Brilliant choice, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, fucking Bob Newhart, like, bouncing yeah. on, his, on his legs. Amazing, yeah. It's so good, like. My last Christmas shout is going to be, I actually haven't looked it up, but it's a famous BBC production, Robbie the Reindeer. Wait, you showed me this clip the other day. It's fucking hilarious. It is gas. And we discovered there isn't just one there are three Robbie the Reindeer specials but I, I think the, I think the famous one is like from the 80s or 90s I want to say oh it's that was like the one we Steve were Coogan watching and stuff it's it that might was be 2003 one, or something yeah yeah that was the one we were watching clips from um Ardell O'Hanlon stars as Robbie the Reindeer so Rudolph's son and he has to compete in the Reindeer games against uh Blitzen played by Steve Coogan who's the best villain ever doesn't uh, uh, Robbie Williams narrate it or something? Yes, yeah. he certainly does. Amazing. Everybody's in it. Reese Iffens is in it as a crazy Welshman. Yeah, Ricky <laughs> Tomlinson is in there as Santa. Ricky Tomlinson oh, from the royal family. So playing Amazing. himself like... Like, fantastic. Des Lynham and Alan Stewart are in there as, as commentators. Uh, Des Yeti and... Des uh, Yeti, yeah. There he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Oh, do you know what? I found it. It's on YouTube. Oh, 20 is it? Minutes. It is on YouTube. The entire thing is on YouTube. Fantastic. Will you send me a link for that after this? Me Slack too. It to me. You can type it in yourself. Robbie the Reindeer. We'll it might be called uh, like Chariots of Fire or something weird. Yeah, Fantastic. I think it is something like that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Do you want to give one more Christmas shout, Brian? Oh, well, obviously, uh, I'm not going to get to oh, the end yeah. of this without mentioning it. Not Die Hard, D. Oh. I know it's not Die Hard. It's I'm the so one sure where you relate hard. to the main character. Yes, it's true. Ad Astra's on over Christmas. <laughs> No, actually. <laughs> it's Scrooge. Ah! I uh, love Scrooge. Um, I love how it is so bitingly cynical, but also <laughs> really, really earnest. Um, I love how funny and quotable it is. Uh, I love the fact that it kind of blends... It actually kind of brings in the horror aspects of A Christmas Carol because... Oh, yeah, there's spooky ghosts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally like he's haunted by three ghosts. Like, you know, that kind of way. It it is that. Um, 
But yeah, no, it's the, obviously that big monologue at the end of it. I think that's the one that people always kind of think of. Um, but yeah, it is, two camera and everything. Is yeah, they, yeah, he does yeah. it right down the lens and he's basically What was this camera. quiz question that came up during the work Christmas party quiz about who is Scrooge first visited by? Marley. Yes, Jacob Marley. It's Jacob Marley. Yeah. That was such a trick question. Yes. What was Not it? the ghost of Christmas past. That's the most basic trick question for a Christmas carol. We re- I, I knew I was it. kicking myself. Yeah. yeah. Same. Marley comes and says there will be more of us. Yeah, you will be visited by three, uh, three, three ghosts. The yeah. only reason I remember that, I, I always forget that Jacob is the first name, but I remember it's Marley because of a Muppet From Christmas Muppet's Carol. Because yeah, yeah. they sing, we're Marley and Marley. Uh, so yeah. that's how I remember the surname. Who, which Muppet plays Marley? It's, it's the two old fellows. It's, uh, oh oh it's Stadler, God, Stadler yeah. and Waldo. Yes, I love them so <laughs> yeah. much. I'm writing down, I haven't watched Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, it's so Christmas. good. So good. Oh, that's so good. Next how would you and your men like to be suddenly, and I'm blind, heatwave, it is my island in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> they get so much use out of that kind of oh. Chiquita banana Garrick like yeah and like what do you call it having Gonzo as uh, as Charles Dickens as well oh, yeah, but the so favourite of one he like throws the um, the the what is he throws the keys over the gate and it's like wait I, need, I wait I forgot my hat and he just walks through the gate <laughs> <laughs> and it's Tiny just, Tim as well Tiny Tim yeah absolutely God bless yeah. us everyone the little frog oh, oh my god can you do a Kermit the frog impression welcome to the uh, it's not bad. That's it okay. Very good. It might only be because of the cold. Can you sing uh, It's Not Easy Being Green? Oh. Or, or the, the, ra- movie. the Rainbow Connection. Or Rainbow Connection. No. Why only about rainbows? Does Kermit have a song in Treasure Island? Ooh. Oh, Treasure Island is... Well, weird, aside from Tim good. Curry again, yes, it's quite forgettable. I, I don't know if that. I think Muppet ah, Treasure Island. Nah, it's, it's very star led. Who's that kid again? He's in. Oh. A, I recognized him, and I remember being like, "Ooh, was it Chris O'Donnell?" It no, might be. it's that kind of thing. Yeah, it's someone like that. You know what? You forgot who it was. Doesn't that prove my point? Yeah, perhaps. Ah, it's swashbuckling though. I mean, like, come on, Sam. It's real the, romp. Oh no, it is, and like Sam the Eagle as the captain. Like, <laughs> come on, like probably his best show in. in any yeah, definitely. Movie, yeah. yeah, Sam the Eagle. I think he got the best going over in Treasure Island because, like, he was only ever he was he only should in, be in more. He's always very dry. It's brilliant. Oh, he's fantastic. Like, and that, does that? There's a brilliant sketch as well. Again, you can look this up on YouTube. Uh, Sam the Eagle and Spike Milligan talking about the Queen's English. Oh, brilliant! And it's fucking fantastic. Like, it's so funny. It's so total Goon Squad. Uh, that real kind of early uh, BBC humor that Spike Milligan yes. did. It's just, it's fantastic. I've written that down as well. Yeah, that's really, that is really it's a YouTube it's, treat. Yeah, Spike Milligan and Sam the Eagle, yeah. Did Sunday. you have a date? Oh, uh, that's actually, uh, we missed it. It was on yesterday uh, on Comedy Central. 22nd. The, the 22nd, yeah. But um, yeah, but, like, look, just, it's. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix or one of them. Yes. Just, if you haven't seen Scrooge, make the time, go watch it, because it is just a fantastic film. I've written down one last one. We don't need to talk about it. Christmas Eve, BBC Two, December 24th, this Christmas, BBC Two, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. Albert the Finney. The old one. The, the old one. one. The best one. The best one. 11.40 a.m. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a Poirot impression for us this week? <laughs> 
let me tell you about these Hastings. Um, but no, yeah, that is the best one of them all. I don't care what anybody says. Like, I know, like, Kenneth Branagh was doing his best with, like, his thing. And, like, I'm sure... I hope that comes back. I, yeah, I mean, one more. they're doing... Well, like, Death on the Nile is happening, like, That's so... That's it, yeah. Yeah, but, um, no, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, Oliver Finney, fan-fecking-tastic. Get on it. Yeah, definitely. Good shout. And now... That's the Christmas segment wrapped. Be oh, sure nice. to check out entertainment.e forward slash Christmas. And now it's time for some movie reviews. Movie reviews. Up first, the marquee Christmas screening of Little Women. Yeah. yeah. Tell me everything. I'm really excited for it. Does it bear fruit? Well, Brian pointed at me first. <laughs> well, like you're writing the review for We've it. Like. Seen it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was lovely. So the version that I like grew up with of Little Women actually isn't the Winona Ryder one. It's like this anime one, which you can actually find on YouTube Here if you look go. it up. Um, but um, what's really nice about it is that it does kind of capture all of the main scenes from like the Little Women book. So this one, like you see with a lot of adaptations of Little Women, it c- includes scenes from both Little Women and Good Wives. And in fact, period wise, it's kind of set during Good Wives when um, Beth has become ill again and the girls are all thinking back to Little Women. So they're looking back on their childhoods when it was more kind of innocent time, you know, when they had like all of these big dreams and they've ended up kind of growing up into different people. So So the movie incorporates that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, so I thought that that was a really kind of different, interesting take to do on it. Um, I am completely unfamiliar with the plot of Little Women. I only know it from when Rachel made Joey read it. I mean, there. It, well, that, that's a lot. That, in fairness, they hit on a lot of the key the kind of points. points. Yeah, yeah. Like when Beth doesn't, Beth isn't well, and all that yeah. kind of Who? stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it essentially follows four sisters as they go through the trials of teenagehood and then adulthood. You know, and off the back of Lady Bird, this should yeah. be bang on the money. Yeah, her mm-hmm. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a really kind of interesting, like modern feminist interpretation, and it's looking at kind of how difficult it was to be a woman, but how a lot of these things still kind of apply to nowadays and wow, kind of the yeah. expectations. Like I thought it was very self-reflective. Like there's one scene that comes kind of towards the end where Joe goes on a rant of how she's so kind of sick of women only kind of being in existence to being like romantic figures. And I'm like, that's still so true for movies, you know? So I thought it was really interesting that way. And there's a clever little thing they do at the end, um, which is kind of commentary on Louisa M. Alcott's original um, book and how she kind of wanted the series to end, but she couldn't because of pressure from like the publishers at the time, which is really interesting. Um, in terms of performances, all all fantastic. Florence Pugh for me was the MVP as Amy because her character goes through quite a transition in that as a little girl, like she's very immature, she's very spoiled. And then when she kind of goes on this like trip to uh, Paris with um, Aunt March, she suddenly like really kind of matures and comes into her own and becomes like a little woman, you could say. <laughs> um, but she's she's excellent in it. Timothy Chalamet, really, really good. Really? Especially, I was, yeah, I was yeah, nervous. Yeah. Especially after I seen him in The King and I was really disappointed I just thought he didn't work in that movie at all I think as Laurie it's it's a good fit um, Is it very ensemble? Is Cirque Surrounded front and centre? No actually quite the opposite yeah. like I, it is definitely an ensemble film yeah. like I really do think they try balance it ac- mm-hmm. across them all like, like Laura Dern gets a good going mm. over in it as well same with Meryl Streep now mm-hmm. I know Meryl Streep is very much in the supporting category but she's great in it Is Emma Watson mm-hmm. still a piece of w- timber? She's very good in it yeah. although I couldn't shake I couldn't stop 
stop thinking of no I was going to say I couldn't stop thinking that Emma Stone could have played her oh yeah so she, I felt that she didn't quite make it her own she was still very good yeah. but I was thinking Emma Stone would have been great here too yeah you know she couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts in the end oh she was the first um, choice she was the first oh, choice no yeah way. she was cast as Megan everything oh, and then she had to drop out what for um, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure he's figuring out what would dates, it have been yeah, yeah. not the favourite no, I don't think so. Not too sure. Actually. I can't remember. Might not be out yet. Might have been Maniac Might not or be something. Out. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Actually, in fairness, because Maniac would have been a TV series. Yeah. So it could have been that. Yeah. And is it a five star film, you guys? I okay. Right. I will freely admit that I would be in the same boat as you, isn't it? I would not have the same connection to Little Women that. And I, this is going to sound. I don't mean this is sound sexist, but like. Little Women is one of those books that like It's a coming uh, of age thing. It's a coming of age thing mm-hmm. for women. Like I remember my sister read it and then she watched the Winona Ryder one, the Ang Lee one. Yeah. Loved it. It was always on in my house, never watched it once, never read the book once. But funnily enough, like my niece, like she turned uh, nine recently and I got her a copy of Little Women, like just, just to give it to her for her birthday. Oh brilliant, like. yeah. But I didn't read it. This was it. I was like, because oh, I, yeah, I know it's terrible. Yeah, no, I know it's no, terrible. No, don't lean back. Lean Brian back. actually fell out yes! of his chair earlier today this from leaning be on back Twitter, in his chair. Yeah. So, Are you actually going to put that on Twitter? Yeah. Okay, Grant. So, Scroll back to the 16th of December. <laughs> so he is not allowed to lean back in his chair anymore. Fine. Um... You've broken my flow now. Uh, little Women, yeah. You, no, I, you'd bought your sister the book. Yeah, oh, no, my, my niece, it. my niece. Too sorry, cool to niece, read it. sorry, my niece, sorry. Yeah, uh, no I was, integrity. No, no integrity, yeah. Not cool enough to read it, or too cool to read it. Um, so I didn't have the same level of, like, connection, I would guess you would say. But would you not ha- even know it, like, through kind of pop culture? Oh, no, yeah, you know that's what, what I mean. Saying. So yeah, you'd yeah. be like, oh, so this is that scene. Like, yeah. you know, the whole thing that, like, her dress is singed and she can't dance. Like, that's quite yeah. a famous bit. Yeah, and, like, I know like the that, whole, yeah. I knew the News whole thing. Me. I knew the whole thing with Laurie and all that kind of stuff. Like, I knew all about that. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, is that, like, I didn't, it didn't... These scenes didn't, to me, didn't feel like, oh, it's iconic. Oh, it's that scene kind of thing. Mm. But I know right well, if I was to go with somebody who had watched Little Women and did have this connection with it and did feel of these things, they'd be like, oh, that's the best interpretation of that scene I've ever seen. You know, that kind of way I get that they would get it. But so you were coming at it with fresh eyes, basically. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah, I was coming out with fresh eyes, and I still really enjoyed it. Like I think it was still very, very well done. I think it was like the production design is incredible, and in like you really do. They get all like the small little minute details in it very, very well. So much of those films are in the kind of sumptuous sets yes. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, really is. Yeah, and like even in like the dialogue as well, like the fact that like they kind of get how Joe is this like real tomboy and that she like even uses phrases that men use like oh that's capital yeah even though like <laughs> you know no one says that anymore that sounds awfully refreshing yeah but like what uh, what I did think was very very good that I've never seen it done I, I've, I've seen it done reasonably well I've never seen it done this well uh, yet I've seen it in real life is when you have a group of teenage girls together, there's tons and tons and tons of crosstalk where they're all talking over each other. Oh, and yeah. Like roaring at each other. Great. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching, it was like, that's the best. That's the, I've, that's, I've never seen that done well. They've absolutely captured Because it. often it's not on the page kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, It's difficult it. to write for. It's <laughs> so difficult to write for and it's so difficult to capture that sense of like chaos of it. But it's not like a... 
it's not done badly. You can kind of capture what people are saying. You take every it so all often. in. You yeah. can take it all in. Like, I love that. Yeah, That's it was really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was really, really well done. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely liked it Is a it lot. a date movie? Is it a family movie? I think definitely for families. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a very appropriate Christmas release because yeah. it does really inspire you to be, you know, hopeful. And it's really wholesome. It's about believing in the good in people and that the good will kind of emerge out of them at the end of the day, you know, and to believe in one another, even when, you know, people are kind of going through their you know, batter phases and like Amy is such a brat at points, but like Joe kind of, she has to learn to just love her throughout, you yeah. know, so there are really sweet kind of, you know, lessons in there about sisterly bonds and everything. Um, I really enjoyed it, especially from the perspective of just to like counter what Brian was saying, the fact that it was, it had that sense of familiarity, which I think a lot of people are going to get, but it's also looking at it through a different lens, particularly with that flashback structure I mentioned before. I think that that really kind of gives it a new kind of dimension yeah. Um, as well as like I said that like kind of tricksy ending which I really like too yeah I thought um, that was really clever yeah it was very Ooh. smartly done um, I'd probably give it four stars like for me it didn't top Lady Bird yeah, sure. but it was a very very enjoyable sweet movie um, that definitely the whole family can go to I'd say d- you could do it as a date movie too you could but I think it's more kind of like for mothers and daughters mm-hmm. I think it's a very mothers okay, and yeah. daughters and maybe sons and fathers I don't know maybe but um, it's yeah, a, family, yeah, family, yeah, family, yeah, yeah, family, yeah, yeah. I'd say there's a lot of dads looking forward to bringing their daughters to this. So does, yeah, that too. That yeah, sense, kind of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Also, Saul plays the dads. There you go. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Bob he's only in it for like a couple of scenes. You're like, yeah. oh, I wish he was in it a bit more. Yeah. But I tell you, who is it? Who is great in it? And we don't see enough of anymore. Chris Cooper. When was he in it? Oh, he gosh, was the, now. Chris Cooper was the man next door. Okay, yeah. He was yeah. Laurie's uh, Laurie's uh, uncle. Yeah. And he was great in American Beauty and he's brilliant in Jarhead. Oh, that's Chris Cooper. That's yeah. Chris Cooper, yeah. yeah. Great actor. Operation Treadstone. Yeah, him, yeah. <laughs> you failed, born, you failed. Yeah. yeah he's a great actor. Great, but great actor. Definitely thoroughly recommend that. So um, just to clarify, so Little Women Playing With Fire and Spies in Disguise in Irish cinemas all out Stephen's Day. Jojo Rabbit is out slightly later on yes. 3rd of January, but basically we'll, we won't be back until after that. So that's yes. why we're reviewing them all today. Ah, very good clarification, yes. Dee. We yeah. are, so I hear, not going to spend an awful lot of time on Playing With Fire, even though it stars the lovely John Cena. The very nice man, John Seems Cena. like such a nice man. Such a nice man. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind with this was, did you guys see that movie Only the Brave? About firefighters with Josh Brolin. Oh, I, yes! I All-American. I actually oh mentioned it my. in my review. It, now, We're I, not going to review that instead. Mm, Don't si- try. Similar to that, uh, it's a it's a seriously Budweiser-y movie. <laughs> But you know but what? I really enjoyed it. Yes! <laughs> yes! Because I remember loyal listeners of the film show will fucking recall that I saw Only the Brave, loved it, said it was basically Top Gun for firefighters. Yeah, it is. My, and then Mike was like, fuck, I'm totally going to go see that. And then watched it. And he was like, oh, it's fucking great. I'd say he loved it. Came back in and was like, D, are you going to go see Only the Brave? And she was like, I'll see it when I'm good and ready. Did you ever go get to see it? No. And I have no interest in it. You I, don't need to. 
<laughs> Especially after playing with fire, to be honest, it's put me off firefighting movies for a while now. But I, I like, I tell you the truth. I think you would enjoy Only the Brave. I really think you Who's would. Who's the wife? There's uh, a... Jennifer Connelly. Oh yeah, she's yeah, good. she's great. And my... yeah, there's a lot of push-ups and like in this precinct we work hard or whatever. The bit where he walks up fires. the mountain is all like, take yeah. a good like, last look at this view because it's the last time you'll be able to enjoy it. <sighs> all you're gonna see after this is. Yeah! Budweiser is the only Okay, I'm sorry, you lean it back. Um play him a fire, hit it. <laughs> Give me the plot at least. Give me the plot, yeah. So plot wise, we have this team of firefighters who are led by John Senna. So we also have Keegan Michael Key in the cast, ah. whose um hilarious quirk is that he just kind of shows up unexpectedly. So people will be talking, and then all of a sudden there's a shh noise and he's there in the shot which is hilarious um, and then you have John Leguizamo whose thing is that he's like really sensitive and he cries whenever he sees other people cry so again absolutely hilarious I don't know if you can detect the sarcasm oh, no, in my voice to detect- but uh, <laughs> but um, they saved these three siblings from a fire uh, their parents are nowhere to be seen so as a result of the safe haven law as opposed to you know general integrity they have to take these kids in look after them at the fire into the fire station quarters yeah and then they you know create a ruckus like the little boy goes in and manages to fill like the fire depot with bubbles and um, the youngest little girl is kind of like screaming and you know pooping and stuff like this and like the teenager is just being bratty and sneaky and at one point she takes like their car and drives off and she's left like this stream of oil so then the firefighters are trying to chase her but they're falling over themselves in the oil it is a very very poor movie it's just oh, not I was waiting for it yeah, yeah, there we it's, go. it's not funny at all there are some really really just gross scenes in it like, like I mentioned when the baby like poops and then he goes in to change her nappy I don't even care that this is spoiling it because you really shouldn't watch it and he goes in to <laughs> change her wearing the firefighter suit and somehow her shit gets sucked up into the suit into his face and then there's another scene oh, no. where they're out camping in the woods again they're obsessed with poop in this movie John Cena has to go number two but the little baby again is like scared so she like insists on going with him so then he's like crouching over sitting down holding her staring her <laughs> dead in the eye trying to take a shit which Brilliant. is stop laughing it's not funny <laughs> sorry I'm sorry go that ahead yeah. rocks no it sucks it's just so gross <laughs> and unfunny and it just oh, there's like bare effort in this part but you know what the funny thing is is I went to see this like it was a kind of family screening one of those there were a bunch of kids at it and they thought all this stuff was hilarious so I guess uh, Brian is mature as like a five year old child or whatever duh <laughs> But, is uh, it just yeah. because you're a Grinch D? Maybe. In this post Christmas. Like Genuinely, though, no, if I you watch you. this, guys, it's so unoriginal and there's absolutely no effort put into it. Like the way I see it is, and it's so funny because it reminds me actually of that, um, you know, that Simpsons bit where the kids are in that trial and then Ralph keeps on, like, he starts crying and he's putting oh, it yeah. to the book. 
<laughs> and he's putting the buzzer to like the no no. It's like really they like showed the Beach Mouse. It's like they mouse. showed kids a bunch of movies, tried to see what they laughed at the hardest, be it like, you know, poo scenes, you know, cars crashing into water scenes, and okay, just put all yeah. that stuff into it with like an effort uh, plot that had barely any effort in yes. it. Like that's what it feels like. Because I was gonna say it's well trodden um, yeah. ground in terms of like uh And there's a dance scene at the end, of course. Masculine men take on a baby like two men and a baby, three men and I a baby. Was, funny when I was watching when I saw the trailer for it I was thinking oh Kindergarten Cop cool no because Kindergarten Cop is fun obviously yeah I mean do you know what else is fun educating dad with Ted Danson right right I remember seeing the pacifier years ago and thinking that wasn't terrible it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible that's the Vin Diesel one there was another one as well in the 80s with Hulk Hogan it was called Suburban Commando oh okay yeah Another one of those, yeah. Terrible film. Just the worst. Like, The Undertaker and Jesse the Body Ventura turns up in it as well. <laughs> it's just the feckin' worst. It's a wrestler thing, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it was all wrestlers. Yeah, that's because that's what I thought. This was kind of going to be like, it's like, oh yeah, John Cena, he was a wrestler. Um, Does he bring any of his wholesome wrestler charm? No, he's... Well, he has a couple of topless scenes. Like, and you like big men, don't you? <laughs> I mean, like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Why do I feel like that's going to end up on a soundboard? <laughs> I mean, like, in the sense of... Uh, no, yeah. Here, no. I've already outspoken about how I think that those scenes are gratuitous and sexist. So yeah. I, it didn't in, it didn't enhance my enjoyment. It didn't enjoyment do anything for you it. then. No, Shall we tee up fact, a John Cena chat? And in fact, there was one... Oh, last bit. No, no, go on, go on, go on. Oh, there was one bit also, and it was when he was like, like scrubbing the poo out of his face, where he looks like really weird and veiny, which I didn't like okay. at all. Well, a lot of those dudes are very vascular. But I also Ooh. think it's because he's meant to be angry in the scene and he's ah, yelling. Right. So maybe that was it. That's fair. Um, but generally, up. yeah, it's a it's a pretty poor movie. I don't <laughs> think there's much more to say about it. Like it's it's gotten poor reviews all around. One star. Oh, no, yeah. So yeah, I think I gave it like one and a half or something Oy. in the end. Um, Generous. Look, like I said, little kids, they'll like it. We'll put the interview at the end. (laughs) All right, we have two more movies to get through, and one of them I'm really looking forward to Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Taika Watiti's back. Yeah, Taika Watiti's back, and he is uh, starring, directing, and writing this. Um, It's. I mean, they've described. Give us the uh, synopsis. Oh, yes, the synopsis is is, uh, it's a young chap. his name is Jojo. His imaginary friend is Hitler, um, <laughs> who's played by Taika Waititi. And it's basically kind of like, if you, do you remember, uh, what was that Chris O'Dowd thing? Nowhere Boy? No, no, Moon no. Boy. Moon Boy, yeah, Moon Boy. Similar buzz is in like, only he can see this older person follow him around everywhere and give them. Oh, he's, Hitler's in every scene almost. Kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like with him all every so but often. But it's set, it's set during. It's set during World War Two. And I mean, the idea that they kind of basically try to position it as is that he's so young and naive that he thinks Hitler is his friend and he thinks that Nazism is actually a good thing. Because he's seen him on the telly and stuff. Because he sees him everywhere. He sees him in posters. Mm. He sees him with all the Nazi uniforms everywhere. Mm. It's just, it's everywhere. He's just, the child is just... Indoctrinated. Indoctrinated, correct. Just completely indoctrinated. His mother is Scarlett Johansson. And you find out essentially that she is actually a German resistance agent. Okay. Um, who has been hiding a, a young Jewish girl in the walls of their house every so often. And wow. he finds her when the mother goes out to like drop leaflets for a German resistance. And he develops this kind of relationship with her. And it's kind of very sweet in the sense of like, he knows he shouldn't like her, but... 
Does he know she's Jewish? Yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And the and the girl kind of plays it up as well. Like she's all like, "Yeah, what have you heard about Jews? That we eat people's brains and all this kind of okay, stuff." Like, so, and she, yeah. to scare him. Like he's so, facing his ignorance. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, it's very like I will say that because it's told from the perspective of a child there is that element of simplicity to it that they are just trying to kind of really kind of get through to the idea of, well, how would a child be indoctrinated? Well, because they wouldn't know any better. They just wouldn't know any better. Yeah. Um, and all the adults, you kind of get the sense that they know better, but they're just kind of going along with it. Like, say, say for example, like Sam Rockwell's character, he's this like alcoholic uh, SS captain who yeah. just, you know, is there because he's a complete fuck up like and he has nothing better to do kind right, of thing like. yeah and uh, it's heavy material it's heavy see that's it see that's that's the problem with Jojo Rabbit is okay. that it is really heavy heavy stuff and you're balancing that with the absurdity of a Polynesian Jew playing Hitler who basically most relish in it I'd say oh that, completely completely but he's playing it like a cartoon version of Hitler like do you remember do you ever see those 1940s cartoons yeah. Where, like, the Nazis are dressed like wolves kind of thing. And, like, mm. they're all, like, spitting as they talk. And it's yeah, just yeah. complete... Springtime uh, for Hitler stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Fred Quimby uh, cartoon <laughs> yeah. humor kind of stuff. Um, I liked it, but it, 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 the tonal shifts in it are so fucking jarring. That it's hard to keep up with it. Yet, oh, yeah. every single tone is done really, really well. Like, when it's a comedy, it's fucking hilarious. When it's a drama about like what was it actually like to be in Nazi Germany, they do that really well as yeah as well. Then when it's a coming of age story, they do that really well. So you have these five strands that are all done really well. They just none of them tie together just because they're so fucking different. Like yeah, but fair play to Taika Waititi, he is giving it his all and really trying to mesh them together and make it work. It's just that when you get to the end of it and it all kind of uh, coalesces, yeah. It doesn't. It, it it's it's not terrible. It's just he's capable of far better. You really, know he can do better. Yeah, and I think and I think quite honestly, I think this is the best possible attempt at this story. I don't think any other director could have done this as well mm. because it's really fucking difficult. Yeah, yeah. it's such a difficult. And you don't thing. think it needed another ingredient or? No, I don't think there was. I think this was the best possible attempt to do it, but I think that uh, no one could have done this as well as he could have. Yeah. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. I don't think any director could have attempted a story like this, done it this well, done it with this kind of uh, 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 beauty and humor and heart and warmth, but it was never going to work. Yeah. That's the thing about it. I don't Bollocks. Think no, no, <laughs> no. I shame. Mean, no, no. Like, I mean, look. It's still... It's what, still what are you worth gonna watch. Give it? Like I gave it three and a half out of five. Sure, it's that's still a, that's decent. That's, decent. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's decent. It is the best possible film you could. It get. looks very good. It looks kind of Moonrise Kingdomy or something. Very or... similar to Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, but like in where Moonrise Kingdom had that kind of childhood innocence. Yeah, the innocence in this is completely fucking tainted because it's it's an innocent Nazi child. Like you can't, you don't know how to look at them. You know that yeah, kind of way. Yeah, it's very complex. To, it's very complex. Like and. When you're coming with a coming of age story, simplicity is the watchword of it. It should be sim it should be simplistic, like, yeah. Because we as the audience are meant to feel their simplicity. You need to mm. root for somebody. You need to root for somebody, and you can't in this because he's a fucking Nazi. Like. <laughs> it's really hard. Like the kid's yeah. a Nazi. Like it's like how am I supposed to? 
connect with this child <laughs> you know no, I'm being serious like I'm, I'm so, yeah I'm gonna see it I, yeah I would encourage people to see it it is definitely worth a watch but just know that like if you come out of it and you're not sure if you liked it that's okay because yeah. I came out of it the same way I was like I wasn't sure if I liked that or not. I mean, it was definitely a very, very good, strong effort. Yeah. I'm just not sure if I liked it. Fair enough. Jeez. Yeah. I have a question for you before we get on to Spies in Disguise, our final interview. What is next? I I feel like this episode I was building up in my head a lot because I was looking forward to the new big marquee films from Gerwig and Watiti. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's next for them two? Uh, Production or... Well, Gerwig, I think, is doing that Barbie film now, Baumbach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is going to be... And I think Waititi is Akira, right? That's been pulled off the release schedule. No way. Well, then he'll have Is he tied into another tour? Yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's recent. That's soon enough. That's soon enough. Yeah, 2021, I think. And um, she's going to be playing Lady Thor, Natalie Portman. That's very cool. That is very class. Cool. Yeah, very class. All right, we've got a final Spies in Disguise animation. Hit us. Yeah, I'll, I'll lash through this one really quick. Um, even though <laughs> I did actually enjoy it more than playing with fire, I suppose it's always the way that it's easy to rant about. I the feel ones like that we always lean more. on you for an animation at the end. Yeah, no, I do love I do love my animated features. Will Smith. Um, this is a lot of fun. This I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did. It's Will Smith. He plays the world's greatest spy, um, which I forget the name of Lance something, not Lance Armstrong. I can't remember. Um, but he plays Lance and Tom Holland uh, plays an inventor who's working for his spy company he's creating all of these spy gadgets but the thing about them is that they're non-violent because he thinks that there's a way that we can go about destroying evil you know without anybody getting hurt or killed so he has stuff like uh, glitter bombs which like explode this big like hologram of kitties to kind of distract the bad guys while the good guys get away and stuff like this and there's like this um, thing like that creates like this bubble around like the enemy or around you if you want to be like protected Um, so yeah that kind of stuff Um, but what happens in it is that Lance gets framed for a crime that he didn't commit because the bad guy has like stolen his face identity the bad guy being played by Ben Mendelsohn by the way oh he's everywhere yeah yeah, very good very good Um, so he has to go on the run and he goes Goes up to the kid in the uh, because he's heard that the kid is working on this technology that will make him disappear. So he tries out this technology and it turns out it doesn't make him disappear. It turns him into a pigeon because a pigeon is the same thing as disappearing because they blend into the nice. environment Brilliant. so easily. Um, so then you have them going off on kind of a globe trotting spy adventure. So is he a pigeon for like half the film? Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's like Will Smith as a pigeon. Yeah. it's And it's very funny and it's very kind of slick, cool animation. It's actually Blue Sky Studios who would have done like Ice Age a few years back. Oh, okay, right. Um, so they've done they've got, done good stuff in the past. Um, Are like, they owned by DreamWorks or is that... It's an they're Disney, Disney now, I think. It is Disney. Yeah, yeah. it's Disney. Disney guys, they have everything. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it just it just ended up being a lot more funny and a lot more sweet than I expected to be. Um, I don't want to give away too much about like you know where it all ends up in the end. Um, but check it out. It's it's a lot of fun and what a good one for it? over the holidays. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it three three and a half. It's a strange slot. Yeah, that kind of Christmas week. Yeah, I think it's because we were talking about this before, like 
after two years ago, The Greatest Showman and uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle made so much with the Stevens Day release. I think that's why a lot of movies are going for that now, because I think in the run up to Christmas, families are too busy to actually get to the cinema. Whereas after Christmas, it's like, well, what the hell do we do now? Let's go to the cinema. So I think that's and that's why those three are so family oriented. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and they don't mind yeah. playing second fiddle to Star Wars. No, sure. Like I mean, Star Wars will be in cinemas for her for what a week, two weeks by that stage. Yeah, yeah. So, as everyone will have seen Star Wars by then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and anyone who's going in to see Star Wars will be it'll be like their second or third time going to see it. Like so, sure, makes sense. Well, there you have it. Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> and a happy New Year. Any words of wisdom, Brian, this Christmas? No, I mean, before we get into the movie interviews, um, I would just like to say, and I genuinely mean this, it has been my pleasure to work with the two of you this year. I'm genuinely <laughs> serious. I this is I, And I, I say this honestly, th- doing this show is one of the most enjoyable things I can do in my work. And it is literally just because I get to hang out with the two of you for an hour and just talk uh, shit I feel the same way ditto Brian <laughs> and I will say as well for everyone who has listened to the show who's tweeted us or messaged us or even just if you happen to listen Dead right. thank you very very much we really really appreciate it we do this show for you we hope you enjoy it and we hope you have a good Christmas as well Oh my god I don't think we're going to finish it better than that But now we're going to end up on the words of John Cena and Taika Waititi And who the hell knows is going to say John Cena Moving interviews The last time we spoke was about uh, We uh, met at uh, Bumblebee Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about Like you were We were saying about how comedy and wrestling can be there's a slight connection in the sense of like with wrestling, there's a payoff immediately. Yes. With a crowd popping and what have you. Um, I mean, with this, with like, you're, there's so much kind of moving parts and, you know, kids, animals, so on and so forth. Do you, I mean, do you think there is a correlation between comedy and wrestling? Comedy acting and wrestling? I mean, and I mean that in the sense of like the immediacy of the payoff. Like. Um, the only immediacy you have in cinematic comic acting is the people holding the cameras and the lights and because everybody has to be quiet. So in that regard, there is no correlation between the two because one, you're performing in front of thousands and the other, you're performing in front of no one. Yeah. Um, the, the correlation is directly through storytelling. Right. I mean, whether it's comedy or action or, uh, anything, it's, it's, you're telling a story. Every match tells a story. Yeah. So in that in that respect, and the the goal of the story is to entertain the audience. Sure. Differences with a, a, a theatrical release or something you watch on a, on a media player, it's in your own space and you're not like, you have to absorb the material and that's that. Yeah. When you're in an arena or watch WWE live, you can you can interact and almost control the narrative as an audience member. Yeah. Um, how do you find doing comedy as opposed to action? I mean, because I know, like I think back to like, you know, Hulk Hogan and Suburban Commando, that kind of thing. Like he was very much using his physicality mm-hmm. as a prop almost. Yeah. How about, how is that for you? There's a sense of comedy there. I think there is. And after, um, similar to when Hulk did it, Hulk was Hulk Hogan for so many years. Yeah. So just to be able to look at him in a different light, there's immediate laughter there. Yeah. Uh, this kind of takes the, hey, here's this stoic superhero type character whose mm. world comes unraveled. But... I mean, I'm only as good as the team around me, and yeah. this team is spectacular. Uh, Keegan and John are super funny. Yeah. The kids were great. Judy was great. The, the Masher, the dog, was fantastic. So uh, 
when you when you try to do something like this and make yourself essentially the, the butt of the joke, surrounding yourself with people who have a lot of jokes makes the comedy more fun. Yeah. So I think assembling a great cast was really important in this one. Yeah. With regards to uh, Keegan and John, because I, like I said, like they're obviously very experienced comedy guys. I mean, did they give you any kind of steer, any kind of guidance on it? or? Yeah, you just learn from them. And yeah. the, the thing is, they both love to passionately talk about performing and film. And when they talk about performing and film, it is like me talking about WWE. When you uh, open the, the Pandora's box, you're literally under the learning tree. Yeah. And it's awesome to see them talk about something with the same passion I referenced WWE. Yeah. Because they do know what they're talking about. They have well over their 10,000 hours. Yeah, They've yeah. seen it all, done it all. And it's just cool to hear that perspective, as especially me as like a young rookie trying yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. I really harken back to like the first time I worked with Eddie Guerrero, the, yeah. when I got to work with Undertaker, or yeah. like Triple H and Shawn Michaels. You have these master craftsmen taking you under their wing. And showing you what it is to be. So making the movie was great. Yeah. But being able to have that around, is that's super special. Just actually on that, because I remember um, uh, Dwayne Johnson, he did an interview recently, and he kind of said that, like, look, I've kind of quietly retired. I've kind of left wrestling behind. How about for you? Like, I mean, where are you? I, I, you know, I, uh, I 100% understand his perspective. And uh, I... Here's what I admire about that. He is not self-serving enough to ask for a parade to be thrown yes. in his name and like, this is it. And I, I really have a ton of respect for that. And being 42, I've often said, I, I believe when we spoke on Bumblebee, I can't go at the level yeah. of demand, especially at the pace of the current product, that a full-time WWE superstar is asked to do. I'm just too old. My body can't handle it. So regardless of any other opportunity, mm. I wouldn't be working as many performances. Yeah. And then it comes to, you have to ask yourself the personal question of, is my ability as good as it has been? Or am I to the point physically where I'm a little bit slower? And mm. yeah, I don't ever want people to be sympathetic for my performance, other yeah. other than something where I'm performing to try to get sympathy. Sure, sure. Does that, does yeah, that make yeah, yeah. any sense? Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It's just because, like, I mean, I would think, you know, we, I like you said, like, you obviously, you come at it with that kind of intensity, but it's the same thing. Like, there are the physical limitations. Like, it's just and you, a, you just want to be able to perform like you're part of the show, yeah. not like, oh, well, good, good try, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I 100% see Dwayne's perspective, but I've openly said that I hope. I hope they never get rid of me. Sure. I, I, you know, if I'm if I go to NXT and, and coach or uh, however I can take the ten thousand hours here and bestow it upon. Yeah. I tried to do that so much in the last past few years, but there's still a lot up there, and there are so many more superstars now. Yeah. That if I can do what uh, Eddie and and Sean and and Triple H and Dwayne and and Austin and Kurt and all those guys did for me, mm. they helped me navigate the waters to to where I am if I can help anyone do that and I still keep in touch with a lot of the current superstars yeah but I can still help all these new guys and gals that are coming up as well so I, I still think I have something to offer so I yeah. don't I don't know if I can go on record as saying I'm 
I'm retired because sure. I think as long as you're an active member of the community, you're in the community. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. as a fan, if I'm a fan and I stop watching, I've retired. Sure. I'm not retired yet. You know, I'm still I'm still actively in it. What was the I, I would assume because obviously Dwayne is you know he made the transition mm-hmm. from act for, sorry from wrestler to actor, you know did he did, was there any I guess what was the one takeaway you took from him? His oh man, he, he gave me a fantastic. He's always been um, open, honest, approachable. Uh, even even when we may have been like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he gave me a great piece of advice, and he he advises and inspires so many people. I don't even know if he'd ever remember. But it was right when I was getting, let's say, like a, a second chance at uh, the movie biz after I'd done all the action movies that didn't do exactly well for sure. WWE Studios and was starting to get a little bit of notoriety. I like Twelve Rounds. I just well, thank I, you. I really you, did like. You 12 were the rounds. guy. You were the one guy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I asked him, like, "Hey, do you have any advice in the the the, the waters ahead?" And he yeah. very blatantly said, "Just be yourself. That's why they're interested in you in the first place." Yeah. And that's pretty much a reiteration of what made me successful in the WWE. I was myself, and I chose to to bet on myself and do things my way. And what a brilliant piece of advice. Mm. Like, hey, man, they're already kind of looking at you. Just give them what they want. Like, be you. Be honest about it, yeah. Be authentic. Yeah. And it it was a brilliant piece of advice that I never forget. Yeah, try syncing that up. Um, the first question I wanted to ask you was was about uh, actually playing Schittler. Mm. Um, I've heard, like I've heard from some actors that when they're playing like Nazis and they're in the uniform, they actually find it to be really fucking oppressive. Was that the same for you? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's you know the, it, I think. I think when they're like maybe when there were, you know were hundreds or thousands of them all together, yeah. it looked you know I'm sure to you know to, it's terrifying. To, yes, terrifying. But yeah. then when there's one guy in a fat suit and he's wearing this sort of ridiculous outfit with the big hips on the pants yeah. and stuff, it feels just more embarrassing. So that's my that's my takeaway from it. I wasn't, I felt constricted, but and um, but my, yeah, just mainly embarrassed and Cause not so much sh- ashamed, but I just you know I look in the mirror and and. And I think coupled with that, that yeah. silly little moustache and the haircut and stuff, yeah, it sort of, I just felt sort of um, stupid. Yeah, because it's it's uh, the characterization it, like it immediately made me think of like those like fifties cartoon or not fifties forties cartoons, you know, like oh, yeah, 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 where yeah. he's getting slapped around the place That's by right. like, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, and yeah, he's a real kind of he's more of a caricature this this version of Hitler. He, um, uh, yeah, and it's quite cartoony, isn't he? He's got yeah. a real sort of. Um, well, I mean, I guess because he's also a projection from a ten-year-old, so you can yeah, of course, yeah. You know, he he basically basically I'm playing a ten-year-old, so I'm basically playing myself. <laughs> I play a ten-year-old in a grown-up's body. It's perfect. Yeah, it's no, it me. works. Like it's yeah. horrifying, but it works with a, st- a barely passable German accent. I oh, know it's not a, possible and at a, all. And a sticky-on moustache. I'll tell you right now, and I mean this with deepest respect. The German accent was terrible, but it worked. Like it how worked. Do you, uh, it, how do I know? Yeah, well, well like I spend a lot of time in Germany, like so I, I know what the accent. But like I, I mean that in a good I way. There. So I, I meant know, it in a good I'm, way, I'm, like I meant it in a good way because the idea. And hang on a sec. This is the idea. Over. Stop. <laughs> no, like seriously, no. The idea is that he's a cartoon character, like I yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's, also, it's got a very contemporary feel to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of like when you were directing it, I mean, 
obviously, you know, you're starring in this, you're directing it, you've written it, producing it, all the rest of it. Um, was there pressure on set to kind of blast through your scenes as quick as possible? Because I know with some some actor directors they'll just yeah often I mean I, I, my stuff it didn't feel as important as the you know as more of the dramatic stuff that the kids were doing and um, you know with the other actors so with my stuff I would um, often I'd sort of leave my things till last and then I'd get stressed out that I hadn't like prepared properly and then and then I'd start freaking out but I would. I wouldn't spend as much time as you know as on that on that stuff because it is again it's like the cartoon sort of um, scenes you know You're it's just jokes and like yeah exactly yeah yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of like balancing the tone of it because <clears throat> you know thinking to something like I don't know, like Home for the Wilder People or Eagle versus Shark like you, it's very clear what this is whereas with Jojo Rabbit on the one hand you've got like the absurdity of like Hitler mm. dancing around a place and then the next you've got like this very heavy story like. Um, at what point do you kind of start to... Tr where do you strike the balance? Is it in the script? Or is it when you're on set, you're like, okay, we're going to try reason this out, or how do you work Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do, like, different versions of the scenes where, um, where Hitler would be in the background or he'd be in the room, because we didn't know how much of him we wanted in the film, you know, in, in the end thing. And then in the edit, we would decide, okay, we don't need him, you know, for 20 minutes or so, yeah. the story. And so... Um, but the main thing really was the edit. That's the way we found the the balance of all the tones and everything. Yeah, and like I mean, how long did you spend on editing? Like I mean, was because uh, how long was it? Nine months. Eight months. Eight months. Jesus. Eight months. Yeah. Um, and I usually take quite a while with um, with editing things. Like yeah. um, what we did in the shadows was uh, fourteen months to wow. edit that. And is that just because like you've shoot so much footage, or is it just? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a mixture of the, like, shooting so much footage and um, and I, would, I test the films all the time. Sure, try yeah. and get audiences and like with what we do in the shadows, we tested that um, I don't know twenty times until yeah. we'd, we'd run out of friends by the time we got to the last one. Christ, yeah, I can yeah. imagine.